0: You got to have a vision for your perfect life. And then, and only then can you reverse engineer your business to, to give you that life you want, not the other way around. Cause everybody tries to like, Hey, and I was this way too. I get it. Like, Hey, nah, just show me the life stuff later. I just need to make money now. I want to quit my job. I, I need to start. I got bills to pay. And it, it, that approach is not going to work because you wake up someday and it's five, 10, 20 years later and you're still working your tail off and you're unhappy like and that's not the recipe for success.
1: Welcome to the Land Life podcast with your host PJ Riley. Hey guys, welcome to the Land Life podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Guys, like I always say, if you're getting value from this podcast, and today you're going to get a lot of value. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a comment. Um, guys, today's guest, Jason Wojo. Okay. Now real quick, Jason, I know you're a dad, you're a husband. I'm going to go to your, your, your collegiate, uh, accolades, I guess this guy. <laughs> okay. Now check this out. He studied molecular biology. Um, uh, let's see here at the university of Massachusetts. He studied immunology at Duke university. All right. Now, Jason, on this <laughs> no, podcast, on this podcast, you know the listeners are, are incredibly intelligent. For me, though, bring it down. Maybe, maybe bring it
0: down. State college level.
1: Let's bring it to okay, a state college it. level. I got it. Back. Okay, right on, Jason. How you doing? Good, man. You? Awesome, awesome, it's doing fantastic. great. What part of the country are you from?
0: So I'm in Wake Forest, North Carolina.
1: Oh, nice, nice, yeah, uh, nice and warm all summer long, all winter man, long. It's, it's a nice. little
0: sweltering right now, to be honest. It's a, I could do I could I could dial it back about ten degrees
1: right on all right so Jason um first of all thanks for being here I really appreciate it um second of all who who is Jason Wojo like give us kind of like a background of you personally prior to kind of the business career
0: yeah well man um, so at least you, you alluded to the education stuff I uh, man I I wanted to have like a well let me back back up So I come from blue collar family and so parents worked really hard and I, that was the only model I had. So I'm like, well, I I need to work hard. I need to have a job. I need to, uh, and that's, that's my only key to a great life. You get a great life by having a great job. And so because I had no connections, I didn't, you know, nepotism wasn't an option for me. I, um, I had to get the degree. I'm like, okay, well I'm going to get a great education. So I went and man, I got two bachelor's degrees, a master's degree and a PhD. Um, all for the hopes of like landing an awesome job that would have me, you know, have a great life as well. Got the first job literally out of grad school, um, and realized within the first month, I'm like, man, this, this, I just can't do it. Like, and I think I had experienced, there's a few things that I think that went on. Like I, I, uh, I had some freedom in my grad school studies because basically you can set up some experiments and as long as you time it correctly, you can kind of do what you want. Around that, um, and so I get that first job, and they expected me to be there all the time, and <laughs> I just couldn't do it, man. And it's not listen; I'm not a rebel. I'm not. A, I don't have a problem with authority. I just didn't like the idea of somebody else controlling that much of my life. And so that's when I got into real estate. One thing led to another. Um, left the job, ended up here working for Life and Area. Um, that that now I that I partner with Steve Cook, the founder. On um, I I train people how to kind of. Um, create the life they want in a business with it. I, I do the speaking. I'm the CEO of the company. And man, it is not a path I ever in a million years would have expected. Like I, I'm not, listen, man, I, I do not come from a family of entrepreneurs or, or business owners. I come from, you know, employee mentality. And so I had a lot of changes I had to think through to, to be successful and, and have a chance of, of really making a difference for people uh, that I had to learn. You know yeah. and so that's it in a nutshell, and then of course, before that, I had a lot of fun doing some bodybuilding, some any any kind of sports that I can hurt or maim or kill myself at. I enjoy those kinds of things too, and so <laughs> I try to balance it all out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so with life and air, um you started as a as a as a customer, yeah as air, a student, basically. yeah, yeah, so I guess no no entrepreneurial background, no entrepreneurial None. family. None. what made you jump into something like that?
0: Well, so so here I am on my first job and I run into Steve Steve Cook, who's the founder of Life and Air. Um, I was at a property auction because I'm like, all right, I gotta make this real estate thing work. Like it's my only chance out of the job. So I started looking at real estate investing and I see him. And dude, this is this sounds so funny. And he he blushes when I tell this story because I was I was literally like starstruck. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Steve Cook. It's him. You know, I've I've seen him, yeah, I had his courses, yeah. I had uh known, you know, how of a success. I introduced myself. And shortly thereafter, he invites me into his coaching program. And I knew, I'm like, the chances of me doing this on my own were almost nothing. Now, I I also was like a little bit hesitant because I had never been in any kind of coaching or mastermind program before. I'm like, what is this really? Yeah, I don't even understand this. Like, yeah. what am I getting myself into? Um, and so I started off that way uh, and, and got in under his, he was my coach and he helped me do my first three deals. I was able to quit my job in 11 months. Um, wow. And I never looked back, man. It was just like it. And by the way, it was not all like, you know, roses and unicorns. Like there was a <laughs> lot of like, there's a lot of struggles, even with the coaching, even with the mastermind. But like, I think it's, you just, I just kept going. You know, I just, I was too dumb to stop. I'm like, I just got to keep make, I got to make it happen now, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what were you, what were you doing in real estate? What, what uh, I guess niches were you doing?
0: I started off with rehabbing. Uh, Actually. And so I started off with rehabbing. So those first three deals were rehabs. From there, I started doing wholesaling for the, for the deals that I could not take on myself. I didn't, I didn't really want to scale. And so I did what I could do, you know, for, for a small team. Then I started wholesaling from there. I started migrating to new construction because, um, I, I really liked the, the, how much you could systemize new construction versus whole versus the rehabbing process. Uh, and then from there, and there's a couple, uh, not big portfolios at all, but there's some rental property in there as well. And mm-hmm. then I uh, most recently just started basically just lending money. Like I, I, I've taken nice. um, that experience and just turned it into, you know, have my money work for me instead.
1: So you became the bank basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Private right. lending, you know, like people, yeah. I, I'll be, I'll be speaking at an event and someone's like, Hey, can you find it? I'm like, listen, it's, I'm not a hard money lender. Like I'm a private money lender. Yeah. So I like, guess people I know. You know, and people that I trust, both their character and their capabilities, and so like, but it's
1: served really well. Like, it's really worked
0: out well for me, and I've and I've been really,
1: really blessed with that. That's awesome. So, life and air, you 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 get involved. Um, what exactly? How did they help your real estate business? Because is it a real estate company? Like, kind of guide us through that.
0: Yeah, great question. So, it's it's not a real estate company actually, Um, although it's real estate heavy. The whole okay. thing with life in air, like the whole MO is like, hey, it's, it's really a two-step process. The first one is like, hey, let's help you figure out exactly, really tangibly what your ideal life looks like. What does your perfect life look like in every area? Hmm. And Once we know that, now we'll use that as a template and we'll reverse engineer your business around your life. And so the whole thing is like life first, business second. But, yeah. but, um, but it's with kind of this filter of like business is awesome. Business is fun. But it, it, you can't. It, it has to be around your life, otherwise you're kind of sacrificing the very thing that, like, the whole purpose of business is. Like, the purpose of business is to support the life we want, and and I think too many people get around that. So, to answer your question, like, most people in life and air are real estate uh, involved at some level. Maybe it's not super actively, but they're maybe they have a business or they're they employed sometimes we do we have a lot of people that still have their job and they love it and they're taking some money and trying to put it on the side to, to invest in cash flow producing assets um and but but not everybody but i'd say i'd say 80% of people in life in have a real estate background um, and you also asked like how did it help yeah and it, it was by it was by two things There's one is having you know my coach Steve had done i think he did 104 deals his first 2 years and so here's a guy who i man, I was blowing up his email. I'm like, See, like, how do I do this? And, and, you know, I'm really taking advantage of the coaching calls. And then also being around other high quality people and they're doing it and they're ahead of me. And so I'm just kind of seeing what they're doing and taking notes and then tr- figuring out how to apply it to my life. So I kind of like, I feel like I just got really lucky by, you know, attaching my trailer to the, just the right, the right vehicle to, to get me there, man. And it wasn't, and I, I say this all the time. It's, 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 of any worldly influence, like it's the people that I've been around that have, have contributed to my success more than myself, really.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important too. relationship building in, in, in a group like Life and Air, you know, I'm part of a different, you know, mastermind group, you know, myself, and just the relationships I've built have changed my life, my business, right? just everything, seeing how they act. Like you said, I mean, I didn't grow up with entrepreneurs everywhere, you know, you know, in our neighborhood, people weren't pulling up in Ferraris and, you know, we right. wasn't that world. So just to be around people that kind of understand that. And what's interesting too, is when you meet them, you realize they're just normal people. Dude. How true is that? Right. Like it's just like, these are average, normal mm-hmm. guys and girls. And they're just, and they want to help you too. If that's even more, that's even crazier too. I, I couldn't believe that these guys at the top actually wanted to help out.
0: Man, you said something there that's so true. I think like when you see these people and you realize there's not that much difference between them and you, maybe, maybe they're doing a couple things differently, or they're thinking a little bit differently, or they're just further along the journey than you are. And they just have, you know, they've been on that path a little longer. It inspires something really within you. You're like, man, if they can do it, I can do it. Sometimes you look at them, you're like, okay. I'm smarter than that person. I work hard in <laughs> that person. What yes. are they doing? And once you figure that out, it's just such a transference of like confidence and results that I, I think it's really cool. And, and what she said as well is like, I think most successful people, not everybody, but a lot of them, like once you, once you experience a certain degree of success on your own, another deal, another zero in your bank account, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, doesn't feel special anymore, but, but helping somebody else like that's, that gives back that, that feels like, you know, that, that feels good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I noticed a lot of these people too, they went on a different trajectory. Like where I went to this, direct, this route, they went this route, not a huge difference. Um, one thing I want to ask you too is, uh, so I look at like, uh, you know, coaches, mentors, that's kind of like a cheat code for life, mm-hmm. right? Basically it's like a cheat code in a video game. You know, you, you get way ahead of where you would be at. So while that person took that trajectory and they took off into this successful realm, um, with a coaching group or with, with, a, with, a, with a coach, mentor or something, I can get to that point a lot faster than I would have on my own. So how does Life in Air do that with with a, a person? Let's say I'm i i am a construction worker. I, I've been wanting to get out of there and move on to that next level in life. How would you guys help me?
0: Well, so the first thing we do is like, if you have to have what we call Life in Air vision. And so having this vision, and this is what, man, People come into life here all the time. And by the way, I was this guy when I first came into life and I'm like, hey, show me how to make money. And yeah. Steve was like, listen, you know, I want. How about how's your vision? How's your how's your marriage? How's all this other stuff? And I just I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me that stuff later. And I ended up, dude, I ended up going through a divorce, wow. because, partly not solely, but partly because like I was always working. Yeah. And so the first thing is like we help you create your vision. And the reason why this is the key to to, to really bring you to that next level of success is because maybe for the first time you realize like, why do I want this? Like what's, what's at stake? If I don't get it, what am I missing? Or what am I, what am I giving up by structuring my business incorrectly by doing the wrong things, by allowing fear to hold me back. And once you have that tangible document in front of you, it kind of gives you like a, almost like a, it's like a, it's a combination of your, you know, your values, your dreams, your aspirations, your identity, all rolled into one document and that's i i'll tell you man it sounds overly simplistic but it's so true once you have a vision the other pieces in your life and your business start to fall into place and that becomes your like your guiding kind of document to to like lead you to the life you want to live and then from there the how part becomes easy so like you know people will write their vision and they always think you know well how am i going to do that how am i going to do that the how is the easiest part of all like but it all starts with the vision
1: yeah i think a lot of people start with the, the how yeah right? It's totally right it's it's like a, um, you know, you see a guy has a has a video and he's showing you how to wholesale houses. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wholesale houses, and that's all you do. And from morning to night, you wake up, and that's all you do. But what you're saying is, um, you know, build. It's kind of like a an all encompassing thing, I guess. You know, life. I mean, I'm guessing fitness you know family that's part of it too yeah but what 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 are the, what are all the components that we're going to be working with
0: i mean so everybody's a little bit different but i tell you on most people's vision they have everything from relationships you know and relate by the way relationships that's broad okay well how's your relationship with your spouse yeah. your parents your kids how about your friendships how about your if you have a, if your spiritual life is important to you what does that look like how about your fitness and your health what about what do you do for fun for hobbies, for personal gratification. How about your finances? Like, does, are you losing sleep at night worrying about that? What about your business? Um, you know, these are, these are all different possibilities for people that, that are that are all kind of when you put them together have, and, and here's the thing too, that people miss is like, they're all connected. Like you can't be super out of shape and and, and not see the consequences of that. So like you're going to get home from work or from a day uh, in the field you're gonna be exhausted. You're not gonna spend time with your, with your spouse. Cause you're just, you, you plop down on the couch, just, you know, just beat. Yeah. You're not gonna spend time with your kids. You're not going to go to the gym. You're probably not going to you know work on, you're, you're not going to be thinking as clearly and, and, uh, concisely as you could be for, for your business. And so like all these things are interrelated, like, and people miss that. So that's why you need, you kind of need all of them really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed too. Um, with with business, with sports, with everything that I've ever done, I always felt like if I didn't keep pushing it, you know, until the late hours at night, I would lose it, right? Like if yeah. I didn't keep, like for, for sports, if I was a, a, a professional fighter and if I didn't keep training and training and training, I would lose, you know, yeah. I would lose my edge to the next guy in business if I'm not up until the very end of the night you know, consistently working on, on the business, I'm going to lose money. And, and, and it's not necessarily that I'm going to get more. It's that I'm going to regress. That's the yeah. fear. Yeah. You know, how do you talk somebody out of that?
0: So, man, I love it. You're bringing this up. And so first, let me also say in addition to, so basically that's fear, right? Like That's that's a fear, but the other side of that coin, which also gives us the same result is like, we kind of tend to glorify busy in our current culture. Mm-hmm. Like where everything is like 10 X, this 10 X, that, grind, hustle, blah, blah, blah. Both of those combined lead to a very, very dangerous place where other parts of your life are going to be sacrificed if you don't course correct. Yeah. And so the way we get people over that is I think, you know, we once had a student um, who sat down with us and he was really, he was really impressed with himself. because He was making seven figures. Um, he, had a, he had actually maybe close to eight figures uh, and he, and he basically, but here's the problem. He was spending 60, 70, 80 hours a week working and he sat down with one of our coaches, and the coach was like, "Listen, I'm not impressed. Like anybody can make that kind of money with with a decent intelligence, and if they work hard enough for long enough." He's like, and the coach said, "What if? You know what impressed me is if you made that amount of money and you worked 20 hours a week." Mm. And the guy and and he felt it. He's like, and he? Talk, he took it as a challenge." Yeah. And so, so I think in some regards, we're looking at the wrong parameters of success because. And in the kind of the wrong bar, the wrong metric, because what if you could have, and this, because here's the thing with that mentality, you can't have the life you want and the business you want. Like it's, they're, they're incompatible. But what if you looked at it this way? Like, Hey, I wanted to accept this challenge to make the money I need in 10, 15, 20 hours a week. Um, Instead, I'm not asking you to sacrifice the money. I'm asking you to become a better owner, a better business owner, um, or, or an uh, entrepreneur. And I think sometimes when people overwork, um, it's, and and I'm going to rustle some feathers with this, but I think in some cases what we talked about before, it's a sign of fear. It's a sign of intellectual laziness or a, a lack of creativity. Like you haven't figured out the formula to make this work without you. And ultimately this is a big problem for, for owner operators because, when the business only depends on us and we're working that much, we don't really have a business. Like if, yes. if we're honest with ourselves, we have a, we have our, our own, yeah, we're self-employed. Right. And, and by the way, not knocking it. Like that's, some people love that and some people really thrive in that and they like feeling that. Um, I would challenge you though, because listen, I have a good, good friend. His name is Russ. He had a brain tumor mm. um, several years ago. but he still isn't not even close to 100%. And I talked with him fairly recently and check in on him and the one thing that he told me that will always stick with me is like man, the one thing I regret is not creating a business that didn't require me to run it because now I mean they're struggling. There's and they've been struggling and his wife supports the family and so like when I went this whole overworking thing it'll work for a little while and and let me also say I know there are seasons to life and business and there are absolute reasons. Sometimes you have to overwork, but if you're chronically overworking and you're yeah. burning the candle at both ends, eventually it's not going to end well. It's, it's, there's, there's going to be tears. Like it is yeah. not going to end well.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that story th- motivated a lot of people. And I think it will, okay. Game <laughs> changed. You got me. All right. You got me like, like uh, if, if, if I, I, I mean, I think every, every uh, husband and father put themselves in that position right there where they can no longer support their families. And may, maybe the business is somewhat running, but it's not running as well as it was when your friend was in charge, right? Yeah. So how then, how do we, uh, what's the first step? How do we start making a business that can run on its own without us having to be there all the time? What are some of the some of the steps? Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so the very, very, very first step is to wrap your head around the idea that this is okay and, and, and an admirable and valuable thing because- Many people I see, I can talk to you about techniques and strategies all day long, but until you actually buy into it, this, this idea is number one, possible. And number two, here's the other problem is like, sometimes people get a lot of self-worth about overworking and they, they, they identify with that and they yeah. feel good about themselves when they accomplish things. I mean, I know I do. Like when I accomplish, dude, I'm a guy who puts stuff on his to-do list after I've already done it just so I can cross it off. Like, <laughs> so I feel the value.
1: I thought I, that was I the only guy it. that did that. Dude, I get it,
0: brother. I get it. I love the feeling of accomplishment too, but, but if you wrap your mind around the idea and you actually see the pros and the cons and the overall long-term strategy here, that's the first step. The second step is what we, so we teach this process. It's called seed. You seed your business S E A D. So it's strategically eliminate, automate, and delegate in your business. And it's done in that order. And so the strategic part, that's really simple. Guess what? You already created life life inner vision. That's how, what you know is your ultimate goal. So that's how you use the strategy to dictate how you're going to do the other steps. The eliminate is really simple. We're just going to start. We're going to look at our business. What are what is, the, what is the lowest 20%? You can start with 2% if you want, of your business that is not producing the income you are desiring or the result you're looking for. And let's start to trim that away. Let's trim the fat. You know, so many people in businesses once they start running, you know, you look at your credit card statement, and all of a sudden you're like, "Wow, I didn't need that. I didn't need that. I haven't yeah. used that." Until, you know, and and you have all these things that you can eliminate. Now, that's not just expenses. It can be positions. It can be products. It can be offerings. It can be it could be employees. I mean, whatever it is, um, that's the first thing. The second thing is automation. Uh, automation I, I is superior to delegation in my opinion because. Mm-hmm. You know, it's now when I when I'm referring to automation here, I'm talking about technological uh, automation. Like, so you're using a CRM, you're using you know some sort mm-hmm. of software that's doing a lot of things for you. Um, I believe that's superior to, to delegation because it's done the exact same way every time, uh, and you so you can totally get a standard of performance. And then the last one is delegation, which is people, and that's by the way that's the hardest one as all well yeah. because like you know business is easy until people get involved. Yes, it um, is. And so here's the rule. So you never, you never automate. Sorry, you never delegate what you can automate. Okay. And you never automate what you can eliminate. Okay. And so you kind of work backwards in that process, and that'll—that's the step. Like now, now the how to is actually. There's, there's of course, a, f- a further conversation we can get into that, but that's like the overall framework for doing that.
1: Okay. Now, Jason, no one could do this job better than me. So yeah. how would I? <laughs> How can I delegate anybody? Right. I had this conversation today at the gym. Yes. Okay. Exact, I had this exact conversation. A yes. guy says, my <laughs> wife runs a nail salon. She's been doing it for all these years. You know, we make a ton of money every month on this thing, but she won't leave the salon. She yeah. has to be there at all times. So I, you know, we talked a little bit about, it. I was like, well, you know, if, if, if she wants to work there all day, that's fine. If, if that's what she really enjoys, but she doesn't enjoy it. She's got to figure out a way to delegate yeah. to somebody else. How do you tell somebody to how do you get someone to delegate when this is their baby? This is their business, man. They started it all by themselves. I know,
0: man. Yeah. Like this, nobody cares about my business. Like I care about my business. No I've heard Not I've possible. heard it all, man. And, and <laughs> that could be true. It could be true. However, there's two there's two things. One, you have to be open to the assumption and the and the possibility that someone may actually do it better than you. And this does happen because I used to think that I was great at a number of things. And when somebody focuses on those things, they blow me out of the water. I'm like, wow, I sucked. I didn't realize (laughs) it. I thought I was great. But even if they're not, let's say they're, they're 50%. Let's say they're half as good as you. Mm -hmm. What's the difference here. And let's just use like, so, so when you're, when you're wearing all the hats, when you're the circus conductor and you're the juggler and you're the trapeze artist, you, you're not, you're going to drop balls. Right. And so let's say that you are, a, a one-man, one-woman show, and you're not getting to something at all because you're too busy. That's mm-hmm. that's 0% output. Conversely, you have somebody who's doing it 50% as good as you. Well, guess what? 50% is greater than 0%. Yeah. And so even if they're not as good as you, it's getting done. And that's the, that's the process. Now, with that 50%, guess what? There's a really good possibility with a little bit of training, with a little bit of with time in the, in the business, they will become better. And so maybe it takes you a little bit longer to get them up to an eighty percent. Maybe they max out at eighty percent, but is it good? And en- is that good enough? Really, is it good enough? Like, are you sure you really need to be signing all those contracts and reviewing all of those agreements? And t- you know what I mean? Like, you can. Yeah. It, so, so that's that's one huge thing to consider. Um, the other thing that I'll say is like, I've heard all the objections. Like, you know, I can do it quicker myself. Uh, you know, and I, you can't trust people, or, or, and I've heard it all. Like, I've heard it all. I'm sure. And. The one thing that this is gonna be in your dude, I'm gonna get hate mail over this. Um <laughs> His it's, <address> is, uh... <laughs> it's not that person, it's you. You're the problem. Just because you're good at something does not automatically mean you're gonna be good at training somebody or hiring them or managing someone. It's a completely different skill set. And so I I naturally in our head, we think like because we're we're gifted at something or we're really good at it, we've developed a skill. That we can train or teach or you know mentor somebody else—that's not true. It's just not true. And so you have to realize it's a different set of criteria. Like so, you could say like, "Hey, they they stole from me," and I'd say, "Okay, well, did you um, how did how did you screen them? Like, what kind of background check did you do? Did you get a gut check? Did you do your work? Did you monitor accordingly? Like, and so most not always, but you know, there's a book by Jocko Willing called Extreme Ownership mm-hmm. that has been transformational in how I lead life in air." and at the end of the day here's the lesson like it's always my fault and
1: and that has been incredibly empowering i think that's really tough for a lot of people to do to say it's my fault it is once you do it one time or or, or you start to, to accept it it becomes much easier you know it's my fault that i ate that ice cream last night you know and, and i don't have the energy to work out it's my fault but once you do it it makes life so much easier right it's like yeah it was me i did it okay cool let's move past it you don't have to sit there and think of, okay, whose fault was it that I ate that ice cream last night? Who can I blame for that? Right. Yeah, it's right. my fault. Cool deal. Let's, let's move on,
0: man. I think that's so true. Like, what do you gonna say? Like, Oh, they're they're They use persuasive marketing and I was <laughs> they a victim me. of their Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, you stupid, it's the, your fault. <laughs> and, well, here's the good thing about like, once you realize that and you beat yourself up, okay, well what are you going to do about it? Like, what, what are you going to do from here? You, you have, the choice to make. And so that's way more empowering than letting other people make decisions for you and blaming other people.
1: Yeah. And, and it just, it, it eliminates something off your plate too. Oh yeah, you know, totally. All that, all that tension and, and, and angst, I guess, is gone. Once you have, um, you know, once you're taking accountability for what you've done, like whatever, I'm done. Good. Um, so that's, that's delegation. What about automation? Um, not a lot of people understand like different tools for automation. Like it's, yeah. they get the, the idea, you know, and they get the emails that come in from whatever company it is, but how do you do it? How do you set up automation?
0: Yeah, man. So dude, I love automation. This is my little nerd coming out. Um, so we use, <laughs> we use a software called keep it used to be called Infusionsoft. Okay. Uh, and by the way, there's, there's plenty of other ones out there. Um, and so automation, what you need to do, first of all, is you look at like, what are the things that you're doing over and over again that really kind of annoy you and you feel like a monkey could do it. Like, listen, when I, I when I was working in the lab um, as a grad student, I'm sitting here pipetting, you know, chemicals back and forth all day. I'm like, okay, this is not using my brain. Like a, 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 you know, a monkey could do this. Like, and, and so I realized early on like there's a value in having something set up to do those things for you. And in the case of automation, what I love about it is it does it the exact same way every single time. Now, there's a that's also a an important note there because if you screw it up, uh, it's gonna amplify your mistakes. Yeah. Automation is is yeah. is an amplifier. It's gonna amplify the good stuff, but it's gonna amplify the bad stuff too. So, I think when it comes to automation, first thing you need to do is make sure you know the process. Like meaning, like let's say you have a a customer onboarding sequence where you you send them a welcome email, they schedule a call with you. From that call, now they now they set up a uh, there's a checklist of things to do on their behalf, and then they get back to you. Uh, and you do that a bunch of times to make sure this is like, this is, you know, nine, 99% of the time, this is exactly how it works. And then you can set up automation around that. So, for instance, maybe you set up DocuSign to send up an email so you don't have to, you're you're not making them printed off and you're not trying to have to scan things in. And you use DocuSign integrated with your CR, CRM, by the way, is just the name of the tool you're using in Fusionsoft to as, keep as a CRM. And then maybe you have uh, you have a scheduling software like Calendly or ScheduleOnce that's integrated as well. So they get a link like, "Hey, book book that book your book the call you want the time you want um, around my schedule." And but oh, by the way, now you have your scheduling software that is that looks at your calendar first to make sure you don't have anything booked there, even if you know so you don't double book. Yeah. And then from there, maybe you have um, you could set up some some automation that would allow you that like if some, so basically a lot of automation is if then. Meaning like if they do X, then do this thing. If they do this other thing, do this other thing. And so for instance, like in, um in life and air, we have automation set up. Like, so when somebody joins our mastermind program, those, they all come from me. Like they, it also comes from my personal email because I want it to, I want it to feel personal, but it, it have, I have all the things in there that also has content in that email that is specific for whatever level they signed up for. So I can custom tailor this in advance. So, like, hey, if they have, if they're a member of this level of program, show them this content in the email. If they're the measure, a member of this other program, show them this content. And oh, by the way, if they, re, if they respond to me, I can have it trigger another action. And it's just basically figure it's almost like it, the whole thing is like, once this happens, then trigger this next thing. Okay. That's the whole basis of automation.
1: Yeah. I know a lot of people say, though, but that only takes. 10 seconds for me to do, um, right? Like one automation. And then, and then the next one only takes five minutes. Yeah, And the next one only takes 20 minutes. But well, yep. if you add all this time together, think of how much time you're saving just by automating you know, these different processes.
0: Dude, that's huge. And the other piece of that puzzle is like that thing that you're doing is doing two other things. One is it's interrupting your, 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 your workflow Yep. Of other things, like so, when you have to sit there and do send a five second email or 10 second email, you just interrupted your thought pattern, and you're more likely to take some. It's going to take you some time to get back into that thought pattern. Say you are writing, you're writing a book, for instance, and you have to send out some emails. Now you have to get back into book writing mode. Or the other piece of that puzzle yeah. is like, okay, maybe it doesn't only take thirty seconds to write this, and maybe it only takes you a few seconds to get back into the, the stream of consciousness of the thing you're doing. But what is the what is the, what is the value of that thing? Like, so let's say, cause here's at the end of the day, if you're going to be a business owner, you have to focus on the highest and best use of, of your time. Yeah. And so you really shouldn't be doing 10, 20, even 50 or hundred dollar an hour jobs. You should be doing the, you know, $500, $1,000 activities per hour. Um, And so those things are effectively driving down what you are making in your company because you're, because you're, you're diluting your wages by doing like admin tasks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get distracted constantly by a new email that will pop up, you know, a new email that will come in. I'm like, Whoa, I forgot about that. Oh my God. I gotta go deal with that. So how often are you allowing, let's say a third person, a third party to access your, your email? I mean, are you using virtual assistants? Are you using a person that, you know, personally, um, I know a lot of people would be a little hesitant to use it, maybe a virtual assistant. I use them. Quite a bit yeah. for, for, especially for data, data research, things like that. Yep. But how, um, how easy is it for you personally to use uh, somebody else to to access all of your own, your social media, your personal, your emails, that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: So, so for me, um, I, this is, and this is, this is the, the craziest thing of all this. So we have two VAs that are, that are, that are in the Philippines and they are great. They actually, neither of them have access to any of my personal stuff. Yeah. And and the reason I do that is, is because so far, well, let me back up. What I have done is I've, I'm pretty v- diligent in unsubscribing to things that are not, that are not, that are going to be distractions. Yeah. And so that, that's one thing that I'm pretty, I pr- stay pretty good on. But the other thing is like, if I get an email, like for instance, we have, a, we have a podcast and we were talking about this before we started. I get solicitations all the time. Like, Hey, we got this great person to be on your show, blah, blah, blah. I have a template email, I, by the way, we, so we use, we use Google uh, Workspace and so it's a Gmail account and, I, and you can, in Gmail, you can use a template response. And so I already have a template response um, saved that says like, hey, thanks for reaching out. I don't actually handle this part of things but I have CC'd so-and-so who, who does this screen. In the future, please reach out to them directly and they can help you, all the best. And so what I've done is like trained people to reach out to our staff. The other thing I've done is proactively, like, so for instance, we have in life in here, we have uh, 12 coaches and sometimes they, they email me and they're like, Hey, wh- you know, where, where's our next mastermind retreat? Where's what the, what's the hotel info? And I've done a really good job of like being like, of, of training those people in advance, not to email me that information. Cause that's our, that's our VA's job. But when they do, I see, see that the, I see, see the, uh, you know, the, the, um, the VA on there. And I'm like, listen, Hey, I, I don't know the answer to that. Actually. They're the person who you want to reach out to with these kinds of questions in the future. And then I, I basically just try and read it. It's basically, this sounds bad, man, but I'm kind of training people like yeah. to not reach out to me. Um, now, with that being said, I've mentioned before that a lot of these personalized uh, automation emails come from me from my, it's from my email, but I'll tell you, man, I probably literally have less than 10 emails a month come in to, to me from those automation emails, like li- literally less than 10. Oh. And you'd think, and I remember like, so one time, a long time ago. Um, So I remember I was at a training with Robin Thompson and she was doing a rehab training and she gave out her cell phone number. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like how could you give out your cell phone number? And, and she said, here's the thing before you call me, you better have gone through X, Y, and Z and not been able to find the answer. Then reach out to me. And I talked to her years later after I had become like a more, you know, I'm speaking around the, the country and I, and I had a chance to ask her this and she said very, very similar thing where hardly anybody reached out to her, but they just knowing that you had that connection to her gave mm-hmm. you a, a sense of peace. And so like, yeah. I, I don't really have that problem that much, man. Like um, maybe other people do and have to put those things into place. Um, and maybe I will in the future, but so far it hasn't been an issue.
1: Yeah, so it's a lot of just preparation. Basically it's being prepared and setting yeah, things up over time.
0: It is. And and I think it's also, you know, one so even with my staff for instance, this is something else. Like I felt I we got to the point where my staff and this is again my fault. They started coming to me with <laughs> with, with with questions, like a lot of questions, a lot of questions and how to do this and what what should I do with this situation and one off things and I said, "Okay, here's what we're going to do from now on, guys. When I I love that you're coming to me with questions. It's great. I appreciate that. I'm glad you feel comfortable coming to me, but Next time you come to the question, I want you to come to me with a possible solution or multiple solutions of what you think we should do. And then, so when they do that, oftentimes, now they've already known two things have happened. Number one, they'll give me like three three options. I'll be like, go with number one. Or actually, I'll say, well, which one do you think is best? And they might tell me the wrong thing. And then I'll, then I'll kind of coach them through like why I think another one is better. And then the next time they've kind of learned, they learn over time. Like we get, we're talking about that 50% to 80%. They're yeah. learning over time. The other thing is it's hugely cut down on them asking me questions. Like, and you know, sometimes they start an email. They're like, hold on. I, I remember I'm supposed to come up with this. And then they've been, mind, I, I figured it out. And like, so it's like, yes. Like, so, so I just asked, what do you think we should do? You know, that's, that's had a, that's had a huge influence on that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, guys, this is huge. You're gonna to have to listen to this like a hundred times because there's <laughs> so much information here. If you run a business, guys, this is gonna this gonna make your your life a lot better. Um, so, Jason, like kind of a high level question: um, What are people doing wrong? I guess overall in business, what are, what do you see people doing wrong today in the business world?
0: The the well, it depends what you mean by that. The biggest the biggest problem I see overall is people that are number one creating businesses that are absolutely laying carnage and waste to their life. Like, and so the very thing that's supposed to set us free ends up enslaving us. That's number one. Number two, part of the reason for that is because they haven't created a business that can run without them. Mm-hmm. And so getting over their fear, getting over their identity, Here, you know, sometimes people are afraid of like, Hey, what would I actually do? with? Here's dude, this is a funny one. Um, I had a, I had some students that were husband and wife and they were, they were arguing and his, they were arguing ironically about him working too much, and his way of dealing with it cuz he didn't he didn't want to deal with it. So what do you think he did? He stayed at the <laughs> office longer cuz he didn't want to listen to his wife. And I'm like, dude, that's not a solution. Yeah. Like yeah. and so 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 those those two things like is, are are the biggest things I see. Um the other thing that's that's kind of unrelated but still an issue is I see people chronically undercharged for their services or have a challenge with uh with what oh, you yeah, know what like they that. think they're worth, <laughs> right? Like and um or having having some hang ups about business or even sometimes you know sometimes i've run across people and and i somewhat felt this way when i first started is like is business a noble endeavor like is business something that is sleazy by nature because you're selling people things and and you're taking advantage of people and you know you're going to charge someone they have a water leak in their house and you're going are you going to feel bad charging them because like their their carpets ruined like and so understanding that business is a, and really, really, really internalizing is a business is a noble endeavor that you are providing super real tangible value to people that otherwise they wouldn't have. Um, I actually had this lesson, man, for the first time, ironically, like, so, so we recently sold my, my old house and I sold it to an investor because I didn't want to deal with the carpet and painting. I got some young kids and they just, there's just, just yeah. handprints everywhere and like crayon. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, and so I went with an investor who, who bought it at a discount. And I was, I was grateful for it. I felt like for the, and this is interesting because this yeah. is a huge mental hangup for investors. They're like, no one's going to sell me their house. I feel like it's wrong. You know, they're going through a divorce and I'm, and I'm, I'm lowballing them. them. Yeah. No, that's not true. Like they, if, if, if they have another option, they'll take it. Like, of course, you know, be, be ethical, tell them to be honest with them, be upfront with them um, and do it the right way. Yeah. But it's a value. We are providing a real value as a business owner. And, and when you, when you, when you truly internalize that, you will handle business differently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I, I, I know a lot of people like in the real estate space, you send out letters or offers, right? Yellow letters is a pretty common thing. Um, yeah. A lot of people want to put the offer on the letter, you know, and, and I do hear a lot of people saying um, that's too low. You know, I feel like a scumbag. I feel like a bad guy for offering this low amount. I know, um, man. And like you said, though, if they don't want the offer, they're either going to respond to you with an angry letter or a call or something like that or they're just going to throw it away. You know, if it works for their situation, they're going to take it. And it's not necessarily that you're you're screwing them over, you're doing them a favor. There's a reason they're selling it to you for whatever price you're offering it.
0: That's right, man. Listen, how many of how many of us have a mental like say you sell, you know, uh, you got a rocking chair in your house and you're you know, you're going to and, and you're going to, someone's going to offer you 20 bucks for it. And you wanted 50, are you going to get all emotional? Uh, no, you just, if you, if you want the 20 bucks, you take it. If not, you just move on. Yeah. And so I think like, especially investors, we get hung up with this and it is, it is a value. Like, and I haven't been on the other side for the first time in my life with that. And I've been investing since full-time since 2011, it was very interesting to feel that because I'd always been told that and I kind of in I kind of understood it, but not until I was on the other side where I really understood like this is I'm so grateful right now because I don't want to list it. I don't want to deal with people trying to qualify buyers and getting their loans or any of that or showings, like none of it. And so it was really valuable for me to to experience that, man.
1: That's interesting you say that value. You know, there's some they're simplifying your life and they're providing you value, right? Yeah, if you what's think that about worth things you, as right? value versus getting a deal or, or getting
0: something, you're providing value. Yeah, totally, totally, man. And, and I think that's what business is. You're providing value, yeah. you know? And um, I love, I, lo- I think I saw this, um, this, it was a sign up in the garage where I get my car serviced. And it said something like, um, along the lines of like, oh, you think this is too expensive? Well, did you consider like, you know, um, the location here, like our, our business, our overhead, the tools, the 20 years it took us to learn these skills, the lift, the person, like, <laughs> a, a, like a list of like of like 30 different things. It says like, yeah, that's yeah. why this is costs what it costs. Um, and so like, I think it's, yeah, it's all about value and understanding like that you're, that you're really, you're, you're, you're a blessing to somebody else really.
1: Yeah. 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 Jason, I really appreciate it, man. What else are we missing here? What else, uh, if I forgot to ask you anything, what else do we need to cover here?
0: No, man, I, I think we covered a lot that people we are they're I, going to be covering a ton. lot. I, didn't, I, didn't want to, I don't want to pile anything else on. Um, I would say just at the end of the day, if you're going to remember one thing from this entire episode, it's, it's you got to have a vision for your perfect life. And then and only then can you reverse engineer your business to, to give you that life you want. Not the other way around, because everybody tries to like, hey, and I was this way, too. I get it. Like, hey, nah, just show me the life stuff later. I just need to make money now. I want to quit my job. I, I need to start, I got bills to pay. And it, it, that approach is not going to work because you wake up someday and it's five, 10, 20 years later and you're still working your tail off and you're unhappy. Like, and that's not the recipe for success.
1: Jason, that was awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, how can people get hold of you?
0: Man, um, I'd say the best way to find, uh, us or let uh, me, uh, is on, is in our, we have a private life in air group on Facebook. If you're on social media, you'll, you'll find it. Just type in life in air. You'll see it's a, it's a private group. Uh, and then we just have life in where you can learn more about, you know, what we do. And if we can help you in any way, be
1: glad to be glad to do that. Yeah, guys, if this was the intro to life in air, if this, 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 uh, podcast was just like the, the intro level to what you could get a life in air. There's, there's a ton of information and ton of help you're going to get for your life and your business um all right jason here's the big question you ready for it yes here's how we finish every podcast there's a drum roll going off actually um, that's just do my dog's barking right now but we'll <laughs> take we'll take the, we'll, take the we'll, we'll, we'll call that the drum roll jason i we are land life we buy and sell land all over the country if you could buy land anywhere in the world where would it be and why
0: Man, yeah, so this is an awesome question, by the way, so thank you for asking it. So for me, I'm looking at Western North Carolina th- specifically for two reasons. And there's so number one, I want lakefront property. Uh, I grew up on a lake, uh, very, very blessed, not because we were wealthy in any means, it was just total serendipity. And then secondly, I love the mountains. And so finding a Western North Carolina property that has lakefront property and is surrounded in the in the Blue Ridge Mountains would be amazing.
1: Okay. Western North Carolina, guys, if you're listening, that's I made it, I made it easy. Jason's looking for it. So that made it real easy. Um, Perfect, yeah. Man. My wife says the same thing. She wants to live halfway between the mountains and the beach. Yes. Uh, yep. We live here in, in Denver and there is no beach anywhere.
0: Be. You got the mountains, man. One for two, ain't bad. We got the
1: mountains. <laughs> yeah. We're technically halfway. It depends on what, how far you want to go. Um, but uh, okay. Yeah. So she, she always says North Carolina as well. She always Dude, says you guys thing. come visit, man. you love it. Absolutely. Jason, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, anything you, else Jay. before we wrap up? No, nah, man. It's
0: been a pleasure, my friend.
1: Awesome. Guys, till next time on Land Life.